Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we're going to be talking about a chemical that is responsible for countless deaths worldwide every year. A chemical so ubiquitous that it can be found practically anywhere. In the air, in our homes, and even in our bodies. I'm of course referring to dihydrogen monoxide, or its more common nomenclature, H2O. Yes, we're finally going to be talking about water. One of the tips I go back to over and over again to help manage ADHD is that you need to make sure that you're properly hydrated. It's absolutely something that I have to constantly remind myself of because it just seems a little too easy. I mean, just drinking water shouldn't have that big of an impact, right? But as something that makes up 45-75% to of your body weight and 80% of your brain composition, it's clear that it's incredibly important. Today, we'll be going over what hydration means, the importance of staying hydrated, and then some of the ways that we can be better at making sure that we don't get dehydrated. Also as part of this episode, I'm going to be trying something a little different. I'm going to include a challenge to help build up a water drinking habit. We'll get into what that is in the episode, but I wanted to give you a heads up and find out what you all thought of the idea. If it's something you like, I can incorporate more of these challenges into future episodes, although I think I'd keep it to about one a month at most. It's something I'm hoping to incorporate in some other ideas I have for the podcast as well. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash hydration. Before we get started, I also wanted to let you know about the next registration event for ADHD Rewired's Coaching and Accountability Groups on Tuesday, May 18th at 1.30pm Central. If you're interested in registering, just go to coachingrewired.com. If you've been thinking about signing up for those groups but still aren't sure, let me tell you that signing up for the groups was a turning point in my life and that I can say with certainty that I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I hadn't gone through them. It was a chance for me to really dive in deep on how my ADHD was affecting my life and then put into practice the things I needed to do to get myself into gear. While a lot of it is structured around learning how to manage our time better, the group also explores that emotional and cerebral side of things that really makes a difference, because we all know that just buying a new calendar isn't going to change things. And I'm still getting more and more out of the experience as I participate in the alumni community surrounding the coaching groups. With weekly calls to reinforce what I learned in the groups and interacting with other rewired alum, I can do what is often so hard for us with ADHD, and that's keep up with the maintenance. So if you want to learn more, go check out coachingrewired.com for the upcoming registration event on Tuesday, May 18th. That link again is coachingrewired.com. Alright, keep on listening to find out how hydration can keep your ADHD brain running all day long. Eight glasses of water a day, or the 8x8 rule, has been around in health circles for a long time. I remember my grandma telling me about it, and how she kept eight quarters on the windowsill by her sink to help her keep track of how many glasses she was having every day. For me, I feel like it's common knowledge by this point that there isn't any factual basis for that claim. In fact, it's hard to even pinpoint when this claim gained the traction it has now. In truth, there are no hard and fast rules about the amount of water we need to be drinking in a given day. The Institute of Medicine of National Academies published a 600-page report that created an adequate intake guideline for our water needs, about 11 cups for women and 15 for men. 
However, that adequate intake also includes the water we're getting from what we eat. I don't know about you, but I don't know how to measure how much water I'm getting from a milkshake, let alone something like a hamburger. The biggest issue here is that our water needs are incredibly complex. From things like our gender, age, activity level, diet, or any medications we're taking, to environmental things like temperature, humidity levels, and even altitude. We all know this from a common sense approach. If we're out on a hike on a hot summer day, we know that we're going to need to be drinking more water than if we're just sitting at home watching TV. This can make it hard to create an accurate prediction of what your water needs really are. Additionally, we can consider electrolytes as part of our hydration plan as well. Undoubtedly, most of us know that electrolytes must be important, otherwise sports drink companies wouldn't advertise them so much. Brondo, the thirst mutilator, it's got electrolytes. So what are electrolytes? Well, electrolytes are tiny particles that carry electrical charge and come in a number of different forms, such as sodium, potassium, calcium, and magnesium to name a few. These electrolytes help us make the most of the water we're drinking by helping us retain and use that fluid. Now, to be clear here, we don't need to take in an excessive amount of electrolytes, and with proper diet, you can get most of them from what you're eating. The other side of the issue of hydration is that it's possible to take in too much water. Hyponatremia is a condition where the concentration of sodium in your blood becomes abnormally low, and this can occur from drinking excessive amounts of water. And here I'm talking about drinking at least a gallon of water or more within a span of just a few hours. In the more extreme cases of hyponatremia where people have died, they were drinking more in the range of 2 to 5 gallons of water. That's a lot of water, and something you're unlikely to hit unless you're really pushing yourself, but is something to be aware of. We don't need to be downing gallons of water in a day, let alone an hour, to receive the benefits of proper hydration. This leads us to the question, though, what's so important about being hydrated? Or, more accurately, what happens when we get dehydrated? A study from the CDC found that 43.7% of Americans drink less than 4 cups of water a day, and that 7% don't drink any at all. It's clear that a good chunk of our population just doesn't drink enough water throughout the day. Anecdotally, I'd also say this is something that a lot of us with ADHD specifically struggle with. We can see the initial signs of dehydration affecting our brain, and we see things like fatigue, brain fog, headaches, mood swings, and poor decision-making. And we have more physical effects like dry mouth, chapped skin, and cramps. In the initial phases of dehydration, we're not seeing very extreme conditions, but nonetheless they can have a fairly negative effect on your day. I know there have been many points in the afternoon when I wasn't keeping up with my water and found myself dealing with headaches and acting grumpy with the kids. It was only when I identified my dry mouth that the idea of dehydration kicked in. And the point here is that if I'm yelling at my kids because I'm feeling dehydrated, that's damaging to my relationship with them, regardless of the reason for the fight. That's not the person I want to be, but nonetheless, I can easily become that person if I'm not taking care of myself and I'm not drinking enough water. I also find the mid-afternoon slump isn't nearly as bad for me if I'm drinking enough water throughout the day. Sure, it'll still be there, but the amount of brain fog I have is severely reduced. I also want to acknowledge that there are a lot of myths that surround hydration as well. Let's start off with this idea that the only way to hydrate is through water. Yes, water is absolutely essential in your hydration needs, but you can also meet those needs through things like water-rich foods. Fruits and vegetables can be excellent sources of water. Just think about a nice slice of watermelon on a hot day. 
On this train of thought, we also have ideas of things like caffeinated drinks dehydrating us. While it is true that caffeine can act as a diuretic, recent studies have found that it doesn't actually serve as an efficient dehydrator. But then we also have things like beer, where the alcohol absolutely will dehydrate you. Part of the deal with hangovers is that you're dehydrated. So if you're going to imbibe, make sure you balance it out with some water every once in a while. Here's another one. How about the idea that the color of your urine says how dehydrated you are? Well, there is some evidence here, and dark urine can be a sign of dehydration, but urine color can also be affected by a number of other factors besides hydration. Eating certain foods like berries, beets, or rhubarb can affect urine color, as well as anything with food dye in it. Really, anything in the spectrum from straw-colored to yellow is considered normal. If your pee is completely clear, though, that might be a sign that you're drinking too much water. Not an unhealthy amount, just that you could cut back a little. We don't need to be taking a ton of trips to the bathroom to be hydrated. Alright, and that brings us to our challenge. As I discussed earlier, our water needs vary by a lot of different factors. This can lead lots of people to suggest only drinking when you're thirsty. Generally, this is decent advice. Thirst is a built-in mechanism to keep ourselves from getting too dehydrated, and has served us well for millions of years. But thirst also doesn't really kick in until we're about 1-2% dehydrated, which means we're going to be seeing the beginnings of the effects of dehydration. This is fine if we get on top of things right when we feel thirsty, but we've also got ADHD, and I can't say that I'm always great about picking up signals from my body. There are days I'll forget to eat lunch if I don't put it on my calendar. There are times when I realize that my bladder feels like it's about to burst simply because I was putting off getting up and going to the bathroom. And there are a lot of days that I don't notice that I'm thirsty until I'm well into the effects of dehydration. Simply following thirst cues doesn't always cut it for me. Our first step here is simply to nudge ourselves to get us to drink more water. All we need to do is make sure that water is available to us throughout the day. Usually when I'm ignoring my thirst cues, it's because I don't want to have to get up and get a glass of water. It's because I'm doing something else and I'd have to stop. For me, this means that I keep a water bottle on my desk. I usually like to have something fairly substantial so I'm not having to refill it too many times throughout the day. This doesn't mean you need to have a big gulp, but hey, that's not a terrible idea either. It can also mean carrying around multiple water bottles. I do this so that when I'm out at my office, I don't have to try and refill them by awkwardly tipping them at the water fountain. Sure, it's a small thing, but when it comes to creating habits, it's about breaking down those barriers that would otherwise slow you down. I know that if I have to get up and refill my water bottle, it's going to be a pain, and I'm probably going to skip it even with everything I know about how important hydration is. Next, we're going to want to start tracking how much water we're drinking throughout the day. Now, I know many of us are going to head into this thinking we're going to try and create a goal here of how much we need to drink throughout the day. But remember, there is no magic number. Our biggest obstacle here is dealing with the myth that if something is a little good for us, then more is always better. We don't need to be heading to the bathroom 10 times a day because of how much we're drinking. And on that note, we can also only absorb so much water at a time. This means that if we're chugging our water down, we're going to be absorbing less of it and spending more time heading to the bathroom. Ideally, we want to drink more slowly, about 2-3 to three ounces at a time. Okay, back to tracking. Instead of trying to set ourselves a goal of how many glasses we want to drink in a day, we just want to track how we feel based on how much we've had to drink. This is essentially a mindfulness practice. We're just trying to connect how we're feeling throughout the day with our fluid intake. Really, the tracking should simply be recording how much water we're drinking during the day, 
A good method for doing this tracking is to start off by standardizing how you're measuring, and what I mean here is just use one vessel for what you're drinking out of. That way, when you're writing down what you drank, you can simply write, I drank four bottles of water, or I had six glasses of water, and you know exactly how much you had. If you're having to write down, I had a bottle of water, and a big glass of water, and a little glass, plus I also had some water and a coffee mug, well, that's not going to be as useful for figuring out how much you actually drank. I did this challenge for myself earlier this year, and when I did it, I used an 18-ounce bottle of water, and I just had some beads on a string attached to the cap so I could slide one over every time I finished a bottle. I found that I typically felt best with four to five of those 18-ounce bottles. Finally, our last step of tracking is to reflect on how we're feeling, and I suggest doing this through a little journaling. And I'm not talking about a whole lot here, just a few sentences examining how much water you had during the day and then seeing how you felt. The point of this part of the exercise is to really cement in those feelings and see what we can learn from it. After we've tracked for a while, this can also serve as a great way to check in on our hydration levels throughout the day. If I get to lunch and realize I haven't really touched my water bottle, I know I'm probably behind on my hydration. It might not mean I'm particularly dehydrated, but it does at least mean that I should pay a little bit more attention and perhaps even set up a reminder to check in again in a few hours so that I don't fall into that dehydration trap. Our challenge is not to try and increase how much water we're drinking, but to really hone in on how our hydration levels make us feel. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, there is no set amount of water that you need to be drinking every day because our water needs are going to vary with things like gender, age, activity level, temperature, humidity, diet, and any medications we're taking. Our best bet is to follow our thirst and keep water available to us throughout the day. Two, symptoms of mild dehydration include fatigue, brain fog, headaches, mood swings, and poor decision making. We can often identify hydration from dry mouth, chapped skin, and those headaches. 3. To help us follow our thirst, we can work on setting up a mindfulness practice that helps us identify what proper hydration feels like. Track your water intake throughout the day for a few weeks and journal about how you feel when you've been drinking various amounts. Remember, we're not trying to hit any number here, we're just trying to find what the right levels are for us. For this episode's show notes, just go to hackingyouradhd.com hydration. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD. Or the best way you can connect with me is over at HackingYourADHD.com slash contact. You might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. And now be sure to check out the network's newest show, ADHD Diversified with MJ Siemens. I also do a live Q&A with the hosts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. I've been thinking of getting into beekeeping, so I went down to the farm near me to get 12 bees. The local beekeeper counted them out for me, but then gave me 13. I didn't want to take advantage, so I said, Sir, you gave me an extra. To which he replied, Well, that's a freebie. Freebie.